You're listening to Happy Healthy Hormones with Dr. Chris. Are you tired of the short-term patch to your health problems? Is avoiding medications and surgeries important to you? If you answered yes, then your prayers have been answered. Dr. Chris has been helping people transform their health for over a decade. He's a world-renowned health expert who specializes in holistic health. He's a professional speaker, chiropractor, and international best-selling author. It's his mission to help you reach your full God-given potential through holistic health and healing. Get ready to be inspired and transformed. Here's your host, Dr. Chris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show where disease takes a dive and people come to thrive. Today, we have Evan DeMarco. He's a sports medicine and nutrition expert, published author, public speaker, and frequent guest on television, radio, and other digital platforms. He's a really successful entrepreneur whose interest in diet, health, and supplements began as an athlete, but then helped him transform the industry of supplementation and nutrition. So leveraging his sports background... Um, and his search for knowledge, he actually went back to school so that he could get more focus on bio and organic chemistry and went on to develop a vastly improved formula for prenatal supplements. Um, from there, he worked to develop supplements that would enhance brain building properties um, from his original formula as well. And he works directly with top research scientists and doctors in the U.S. to build functional medicine platforms that combine high-quality supp- supplements with strategic and holistic approaches in treating illness and disease. So, you know, he has helped millions of people. So let's go ahead and listen from the man, Evan DeMarco. All right, everyone. So we have Evan DeMarco here. He is the nutrition expert, guru, everything above and beyond. Uh, but uh, Evan, good to have you here today, man. Thanks for being on. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Now, I really want everyone to know your story of really what got you into being in the sports medicine field, being that expert, nutrition expert, and just everything you've cultivated up to this point and being that go-to person in understanding what really allows the body to function and heal through the nutrients we have. So yeah, can you share your story with us? Yeah. You know, it, it's a really long story, so I'll try to convince That's cool. We got some time. I can. <laughs> but, um, you know, sports had always been the biggest you know, part of my life growing up, I, I played sports, everything you could think of, you know, got into high school, got into college and sports was always the background. It was something that I was passionate about and wanted to do. And in doing that, I really got to understand the benefits of proper nutrition, of weightlifting, of, of really all of the elements that go into health and wellness. Um, and I was on a baseball scholarship, tore my shoulder up, lost my ride. So I actually ended up going the complete opposite direction of sports and becoming an investment banker. Um, you know, went from polyester baseball pants to a three-piece suit and tie. And it was something that I thought I wanted, but it was one of those things that every time I put that tie on in the morning, I think part of my soul died. Mm. Uh, you know, I was just so far away from what I was passionate about. And so, you know, did that for a number of years and ultimately just recognized that I have to get out of this and get back into something that really fulfills me. So I had an opportunity to run a sports nutrition company and I was doing it more from the business side and I took that, but then I got into it and I'm like, well, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I love. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the background to really get in the lab and start creating products and to fundamentally understand 
what I was creating and what I was selling, uh, how that would impact people's lives. So then I went back to school and started studying all the fun stuff, the biochemistry, the organic mm-hmm. chemistry, the stuff that really no one likes. <laughs> Absolutely. But I actually, I was loving it. So I was going to school at night and I would just learn all of this stuff from a, or from a theoretical application. And I would take that stuff into the lab the next day and start working with the lab guys. And they hated me, literally hated me because I was just asking all these questions. Can we do this? Can we do this? Um, but I got a crash course in product development on the health and wellness side. And it really reinvigorated my passion about really understanding how the human body works how do we optimize the human body, not just for sports, but for all aspects? And, and how do we really recognize that the stuff that we put in, whether it's diet, supplements, exercise, all of that impacts what we really hope to get out of it? Um, so I've been doing that for the last 10 years. I, I got heavily invested in prenatal vitamins and looking at your know, brain health and how do we really optimize brain health? Uh, really been focused on CBD and what that looks like and how do we really utilize CBD uh, to impact people's health and wellness journeys and not just make it this kind of catch-all for everything under the sun, which it kind of has become in the last uh, couple of years. So it's really just been a a fantastic journey of taking my passion of helping people achieve their health and wellness goals um, and marrying that with all of the science and all of the fun aspects that go into, you know, being a part of this industry. That's awesome. Now, you talked about prenatal and you really had a focus in there and the beginning of, I think, I don't know if it was the beginning of your path in this, in this realm, but can you share that story with us? Like how, what made you get into this prenatal realm and helping the brain function and, and that understanding? Yeah, that's a great question, right? So I had been contracted through um, the American College of OBGYNs to work on prenatals, and I was really kind of doing it dispassionately, right? I'm like, oh, prenatals, it's just another vitamin fund, like, we, you know, I can do this. And then I found out I was going to be a dad. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, this changes the game completely. So all of that work that I had gone into looking at prenatal vitamins made me realize that they suck, I mean, really, there's just no there's no nice way to put it is the prenatal vitamins that are on the shelf. Ninety percent of them are the same things that my mom was taking 40 years ago. Mm. They haven't improved. We haven't taken all of this fundamental understanding of how fetal brain development works, of how infant nutrition works, of how we can apply all of these learnings and really 10x the prenatal uh, infant or the prenatal vitamin category. So and in doing that, I recognize that within the first 12 months of our lives, when we're breastfeeding and we have the most exponential brain growth, the two catalysts to that are DHA and alpha GPC, uh, alpha glycerol phosphocholine. Uh, and so that became the construct of this prenatal and vitamin or prenatal vitamin ingredient technology that I created. And it, it worked great for prenatal vitamins. And then all of a sudden we started seeing that it had some practical applications for beyond in prenatal infant and, and, uh, toddler nutrition. So now it became a brain neurotropic uh, platform and it's really been used in a lot of different ways to, to focus on Alzheimer's research, dementia research, you know, looking at cognitive decline, uh, digital dementia, something that we're hearing so much about with all of this, you know, phone stuff. So, yeah. uh, it really put me on a path to really fundamentally understanding brain health and how do we impact brain health, not just prenatal, but throughout our entire life. That's awesome. So how big of a deal is the quality of nutrition and supplementation you're putting into your life? Because so many times out there, you'll hear the media and these different platforms try to negate really the quality of nutrients and the things you're putting into your body. So how important really is that in your life? That is a fantastic question. And I think, you know, it's funny, right? Like go back 200 years, 
go back 50 years and supplements were just that they were designed to supplement your diet in the event that you couldn't actually get all your nutrients from from your food um you know if you were on a pirate ship 500 years ago there was a real chance you could end up with scurvy because you didn't have vitamin c now that doesn't happen anymore but the nature of the way that we live the way that we've polluted our environment, what we've done with environmental toxins, what we're doing to our oceans, I think has changed the nature of supplements to the extent that they're no longer they're no longer supplemental. They're almost essential. We look at things like glutathione. We look at things like, um, you know, just even vitamin C's. We look at things that are antioxidants, and and we've created an environment that is so toxic that supplements really become an essential component to combating what it is that we've done to our bodies and our environment. Now, that's not to say they're the end-all, be-all. And that really becomes the problem with the supplement industry is there's all of these people screaming from the, the rooftops that just take this one supplement. It's the only thing you need. It's just one one key of the, uh, you know, one pillar of the equation. You still have to have a good diet. You still have to exercise. There's still the social and the, uh, the spiritual element to health and wellness. So, mm-hmm. We can't look at supplements and say this is everything you need, but they do play an integral part in, you know, I think maintaining and optimizing our health and wellness. I think that's key because like you said, they the name of them is supplement to supplement your health. Where I think so many people get confused or maybe they're confused, but they think, oh, this is gonna be the easy way out is hey, I can just still eat like crap, have all my all bad habits, and just try to take these supplements and think that that's gonna be the way. And while sure, it might make you feel better for a short period of time, eventually that's going to end up catching back up with you. And like you also said, it's just so important that, man, the quality of our food and where we're getting it from is not what it was 50 or 100 or 200 years ago. And man, it is becoming more of a necessity, even if you do have a good diet and and nutrition, to have those other things in your body is so key. Especially now that people are getting diagnosed with things like Alzheimer's, talking about brain health, in their 40s, right? It's getting ridiculous. So... What should people be looking for in any supplement that they put in or even on their bodies? Uh, yeah, that's that's one of those questions that I think I get probably 30 to 40 times a week. Uh, and, and that's really the question, right, is what do I look for? I think that I think the answer to that is actually a little uh, – we have to kind of take a step back and say, well, what is the goal, right? Because so many people are getting their supplement advice from their neighbor, their mailman you know, Amazon, Google, uh, when it comes to supplements, I think that there has to be a real problem solution approach to it. And the best way to do that is to pair with a good chiropractor, a good, you know, functional medicine doctor, who's going to look at diagnostically relevant data and say, this is what you're lacking. You know, let's, let's look at blood work. Let's look at, you know, the root cause of whatever problem it is that you have, and then apply a supplement regimen to that. Um, so, the first thing is, is why are you taking your supplement? And then when you go from that, then the second step is, well, what supplement do you choose once you recognize a deficiency in that one? Uh, my big thing is sometimes cost really is the driving factor. You know, if you're going to go to Costco and buy your, you know, 12 year supply of fish oil for $4, there's going to be the recognition that you're not going to get the best product there. So when it comes to tackling our health and wellness, there is the recognition that sometimes the cost is the driving factor in the quality. Um, Made in China scares me. You know, I want to look at pharmaceutical, uh, pharmaceutically licensed raw materials. I want to see something that's an active pharmaceutical ingredient. I want to see all of the certifications on a label, NSF, uh, USP, NSF for sport. So 
a oftentimes you're going to find those in what we call the practitioner brands, the designs for health, the Omax, the Metagenics, you know, products that are a little pricier, but you know, come from a good quality source. No, that's so key. Cause like anything in our life, we get what we pay for, right? If you're yeah. going to get, you know, the import car from someplace in the depths of China, like versus a Lamborghini, there's a difference. You get a different quality product exactly. there for sure, right? And so that's key. Now, when people look at their supplements, there's things you get from maybe a, a doctor prescribed supplementation, and there's maybe things you can get from uh, maybe something like a, a Dr. Axe or something like that, right, where there's an organic source. So is the organic component as important when you're getting into pharmaceutical grade um, active condition dosing, dosing versus the person who, hey, they don't need anything for like an active condition. They're not trying to do the functional medicine route, but they're just trying to keep their nutrition up. Like what's the difference there and what should they be looking for? You know, I, I talk about fish oil a lot um, and kind of it being the fish oil guy. And I think that this is a perfect example, right? So we look at how fish oil comes to market. And there's a great story behind this. So most fish oil comes from anchovies and sardines caught off the coast of Chile and Peru. And from there, they're taken to a fish factory and literally just pressed, right? So now you have this fish oil and this fish meal. That fish oil um, is, is called crude oil or 1812. And that 1812 is really indicative of the EPA and DHA concentration, 18% EPA, 12% DHA, for a total of about 30% omegas. Um, and that's where the bulk of all fish oil in the market comes from. Now, what happens from that point on is what differentiates the quality. So when we see that that fish oil will go to a factory and then they'll remove the remaining 70% of the pro-inflammatory omega-6, the sad fats, all the bad fats, that level of concentration will determine whether or not it's a pharmaceutical grade or whether or not it's something you're going to buy at Costco. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to something like polyunsaturated fatty acids, where we know there's a real inherent benefit, going for that high pharmaceutical grade, 90% concentrate, absolutely. Now, if you're not getting enough vegetables in your diet or fresh, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, getting just a organic whole food, you know, whole plant based multivitamin, you know, you don't have to go crazy on that one. I think just recognizing where your deficiencies are and going after it that way, you know, you're going to be okay spending a 20, 20 to $30 on a multivitamin versus 60 or 70 from some of those more expensive pharmaceutical type of products. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. So like, what are, what are some of the things that most people don't know about, about things like the, you mentioned the box store supplements, like the 12 month supply of omegas. So like, what are some of the things that people don't really think about that are inside of those supplements that they just probably shouldn't be putting in their body that they should be trying to avoid? Well, and most of it's going to be the fillers, right? It's it's the things, the excipients, the fillers, the stuff that that go into those. Now, there's there's a couple schools of thought, right? In manufacturing, sometimes you have to have those. There is this recognition that flow rate, uh, flow rate variability, bulk density, all the things that allow a manufacturer to put something into a capsule – Sometimes you need those fillers, and anyone who tells you differently is, is quite frankly, uninformed. Um, there comes a component of making a supplement where there are some essential pieces to that that maybe those are stuff that we don't like. But as we're starting to understand technology, we're starting to move towards better technology, a lot of those fillers become things that can be organic. They can be a little more healthier. So just recognize that there's going to be a couple things on the back of your label that you may not be crazy about. And it's not going to kill you. You know, it, it, there's going to be a net positive benefit to taking those supplements, even if they have some of the fillers in there. Um, 
but you should definitely look at it, right? And I think at the end of the day, it's if it looks healthy, and there might be a couple of things like cellulose, perfect example, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, gelatin, bovine gelatin, it's going to be in there. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start seeing things that you're really not understanding, you know, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to look at that and say, well, what is really the necessity of putting this in here? And oftentimes, if you do that, you're going to find out, well, that was a cheap way to manufacture this product. Mm-hmm. So then we're always kind of back to that cost benefit analysis. If it might be 30, 40, 50 dollars as a supplement, regardless of what it is, there's a good chance that not only does it have better raw materials, but better manufacturing that goes into it. Well, I have this question for you then, because, you know, when I'm talking to our patients, we're talking about food and looking at packaged foods They say, hey, if it has the rule of thumb, it's kind of like if it is five ingredients or more, then be wary. Right. If you're not understanding that, be wary. So with supplements, when you're looking at the other ingredients, is that a safe rule to follow? Like, hey, if you see more than five other ingredients, is that something to be wary of or should it be less or, or more than that? It's actually that's actually a fairly solid rule of thumb. Right. You know, because if you're looking at your supplement facts panel, all the stuff that you need to know is in there. So your other ingredients are the things that. Those are your fillers. Those are your excipients. Those are the manufacturing components of that. Most of the time, if it comes in a soft gel form, you should be able to see like, you know, gelatin, uh, whatever the source of that is. And maybe something like, a, you know, an MCT or a phosphatidylcholine or something that allows that machine to pump that liquid into that soft gel. Um, same thing is true with tablets or, or, or soft or capsules. Same thing. It's, it's just... If those other ingredients, if the number of other ingredients are more than what's in the supplement facts panel, run away. Absolutely. I think the other thing too that's really important to understand that difference is the dosage. I feel a lot of times people are taking these supplements and saying, hey, I'm doing good things. I'm taking omegas and vitamin D. But then you look at the dosage and it's such a small dosage and they think they're getting a good deal because they didn't pay very much for it as well. But they're not even getting like a, a clinical dose that will even do that much. So when you look at – tell me if I'm wrong because I've heard before – that there's you know a, a few major distributors of the majority of supplements that are out there. And then people do their own branding and maybe do their tweaks and things like that. But there's actually essentially like shelves of quality. And like the majority of the stuff on the bottom shelf is like all the stuff that goes to the box stores. And then there's like the next shelf up and that might be maybe certain multi-level marketing companies. And then the stuff that like this clinical grade stuff is the stuff at the very top shelf and there's usually not very much of that there because there's people don't understand that and they're usually trying to buy the cheaper stuff. Is there some truth to that industry? Uh, You know, if, if you go to some of these trade shows, the industry trade shows, you recognize that most of this stuff, you know, 70% of all supplements are made within like a handful of manufacturers. Right. And so it's the same thing. It's like, you're going to get your, that fish oil uh, conversation is a perfect example. Costco, your big box, you know, all that, they're going to buy that cheaper stuff. They're going to sell that low grade fish oil and they're going to sell it at a price point that allows them to move a lot of units for it. Now, is taking fish oil inherently bad? No. But let's talk about like omega-6 to omega-3 ratios. 200 years ago, it was a four to one, four to one omega-6 to omega-3. Now it's 25 to one. That is so pro-inflammatory. I mean, we're literally walking around as inflamed beasts. Mm-hmm. So you take an omega-3 supplement that's really cheap that has more omega-6 in it, you're just exacerbating an already bad situation. You're not really doing yourself any good. So you're thinking, oh, well, I'm taking my omega, the number one selling supplement in the marketplace. I'm doing good. But if you're buying that cheap stuff, are you really? 
So then, you know, that same manufacturer that makes that cheap stuff is also making the 90% concentrate that's five, ten times the cost. But there really becomes a pharmaceutical grade approach to that particular supplement where we know when you get rid of all of those omega-6s, you've got a product that can really impact inflammation uh, on a cellular level. That's huge. Like otherwise you might as well be just throwing money in the garbage, right? Exactly. Just go to Vegas. Right. Exactly. Way more fun doing that. Um, so what do you think most people, this is a very broad question. So I get it. People have different needs and desires and when it comes to their body, but what do you think the average person is missing when it comes to their nutrients and their health? Great question. Um, I think, you know, we talked a lot about omega so far, and I think that's one that we can really look at as kind of an essential component. Um, we don't have that typical Mediterranean diet that we once had. So the fresh, you know, the fresh fish, the cold water fish, you know, the things that really brought those polyunsaturated fatty acids to our diet, we don't have that anymore. The modern Western diet, it's very, you know, especially with some of the keto concepts now, it's people are very almost, you know, meat, very meat, very, uh, you know, uh, they're getting the vegetables, but they're not getting the polyunsaturated fatty acids. Mm. So I think an omega component is a huge one. Uh, I think it really becomes an essential uh, aspect of looking at inflammation. Gut health, well, you can't, how do we ignore the conversation about gut health, right? Yeah. Uh, so looking at probiotics absolutely becomes essential. We're back to looking at some of these diagnostic tools, right? You know, go get a, a microbiome test and figure out what strains of probiotic are really going to be beneficial for you. Mm -hmm. I tell so many people do that. Go to Viome, get the kit and just figure it out, right? It's yeah. just optimizing your uh, probiotic supplement regimen is going to have such a profound impact. Uh, so you got omegas, you got probiotics. Um, I mean, look, vitamin D, you can never go wrong with that. We're all yeah. deficient in it. That's one of those staples. Just throw, it, take one every day. You are not going to do any harm with that particular product. No, I think that's great. Those are, those are like my top three right there as well. So I'm, I'm glad great minds think alike, right? <laughs> On the same page there. So just to give an idea like to our listeners of what it takes to take care of your body, because I've, I've seen you on Instagram and Facebook, man. You, you're you an in-shape guy, man. You look like you could be one of those men's health magazine models, man. You got you got it going on. But it's because you take care of yourself. So what does a day look like for you as far as taking care of yourself? Like what do you start off doing? What do you do to just keep your body healthy? That is a great question. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I travel a lot. I think last year I did 154 flights for over 200,000 miles. So it's, I'm always on the road. I'm always, you know, uh, I'm always moving. Uh, but one of the essential components to my health is taking every morning I have a routine. I wake up, I, you know, I kind of have my journal, which is a little bit more of a meditative practice. It's, it's really mm -hmm. just setting an intention for the day, for the week, for the month. Um, I meditate. It, it's funny. When I really got busy in work, the first thing I would do is I'd wake up, I'd roll over and I'd grab my phone. Then I'd start, I'd be laying in bed looking at emails and then I would just get stressed out. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I got to deal with this. There's this fire to, you know, to deal with. And I recognized really quickly how, how much I was just stressed out and how negatively that impacted my health. I could never get into a consistent routine day in and day out because I was just always putting out a fire. Yeah. So taking that you know, that first 30 to 45 minutes every single day and just spending that time with myself is really an essential component to setting my day up properly. And then I can go deal with all the stress of work. I can deal with all the stress of life. Um, to me, resistance training, you know, four to five days a week is essential. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think cardio is kind of, a, it's important, but it's not nearly as important as resistance training. Muscle mass, sarcopenia, age-related muscle protein breakdown. These are the things that we're starting to see, as you said, in like the 30s and the 40s. We should not be seeing those at all. So resistance training really becomes a key component to longevity. Um, eating healthy, of course, and you know, taking my supplements. Uh, but I also think it's about the social and spiritual. It's really about making time for friends, where we're connecting on a personal level, face-to-face versus, oh, I've got my phone here. I'll just send someone a Snapchat or an Instagram. It's, yeah. We, we've become so removed from the, equi- uh, the equation of connecting with people that we've forgotten that human contact is one of those things that really helps us. And we look at these blue zones throughout the world mm-hmm. uh, where people really have this incredible longevity. And it's like social contact is the thing that really seems to be driving that. Absolutely. That's huge. Now, I, now I know the the listeners want to know, okay, what's, what does the nutrition expert take for his supplement regimen? So like, what is it, what's your regimen that you take? So I take the, uh, I take my cognitive boost product, the, uh, um, the alpha and omega, uh, DHA, GPC, that's an essential component. Um, I do take a daily probiotic. Um, I take vitamin D, um, curcumin and CoQ10. I'm really big fans of those. Uh, and then I cycle off though. So I, I have a really unique thing where I love to fat cycle. Uh, you know, with an omega, I'm on it for six weeks, then I take two weeks off. Um, with anything that's fat soluble, I do that with. Uh, you know, and then I, it's funny, right? Because in this industry, I'm always presented with new products. So I'm always kind of like playing with stuff. Yeah. yeah. But that, those are my core, right? It's like I want a vitamin D, I want a curcumin CoQ10, I want a probiotic, and I want an omega. Yeah. Um, and I want an omega that's a phospholipid or bound with a phospholipid. So I know I'm getting the best bioavailability of that. That's awesome. Cool. Now, I know we're starting to run out of time here, so what are some things you're doing right now that uh, people can connect with you, get some of these products you're talking about, um, yeah, so they can reach out to you? And I'll put all these your links and stuff on the on the back end and on the website so people can, can get contact with you as well, but what can they yes. do? Uh, so I just launched the 30 Days to a Better Brain book, which was a research project I did with Dr. Amy Killen, who's a stem cell doctor. So we've really awesome. been looking at longevity, how are stem cells, how are telomeres really impacting you know, longevity, and how does that impact our brain? So we, so we spent uh, about a year working on this book, and it was a research project on just small things you can do daily to improve your brain health. Uh, that's been a that's awesome. fun one. So 30 Days to a Better Brain, check it out on Amazon. Um, I've been doing a lot of product development for companies like Omax or Designs for Health, uh, really focused on CBD. Uh, CBD and sexual health is something I'm really excited about right now. And it's interesting because sexual health, as I've, you know, we all, I've always talked about it in an abstract sense, but as we start to look at sexual health for both men and women, that becomes the canary in the coal mine. As sexual dysfunction kind of takes root, then we can we can attribute that sexual dysfunction to so many other things, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, you know, just mental dysfunction. So really taking a step back and looking at how that um, sexual function plays an integral part in our health and wellness has been kind of a fascinating project. So working on a book on that right now and then looking at CBD is kind of a component to that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just... Uh, always on the lecture circuit, uh, running around talking about this type of stuff, you know, writing books, doing the whole nine yards. So that's awesome. What's the website they can go to look at your products that you have? Uh, so right now, like if you go to the life to the max blog and I'll send you this in the show notes, you can find a lot of the content there. Um, Omax health designs for health, you know, a lot of these different companies. So, cool. um, 
I've got my hand on a lot of different things, so there's a good chance that if you're taking a quality supplement, I might have designed it at some point. <laughs> Pretty cool to know, right? For sure. That's awesome. Well, hey, and then last question. I ask all my um, guests here this, and, and just try to do this in 30 seconds or less if you can, but what does reaching your fullest potential mean to you? Oh, wow. That's a good one. You know, I, at the end of the day, I think uh, experience is the greatest commodity, right? So for me, it's I want to I want to live to be 150 and not just sitting on my couch watching TV, but checking as many things off that bucket list as possible. It's like I want to go into the next world uh, knowing that I live the fullest life surrounded by the most incredible people and had the most incredible experiences with my loved ones as I possibly could. That's beautiful. I love it. So, hey, we appreciate it, Evan. You've been amazing. You've been some great insights, some great just action steps for our listeners today. So we appreciate you and everything you're doing for the industry. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please help more people in reaching their fullest potential and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. For show notes and other free resources we mentioned today, go to newedgewellness.com.